0: Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season, the theme is cops. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie that we're covering.
1: Okay, so for all the slickers listening today, (laughs) we're covering Thunder Road, not the song.
0: We're not covering the song, no.
1: No, we're covering the movie Thunder Road, which came out in 2018 in the US. Mm -hmm. I believe it was 2019 in the UK.
0: Okay. Did it have a cinema release?
1: I believe so. I I believe, or maybe like a limited release. Yeah. Pretty sure there was a Prince Charles event. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Get old
0: Prince Charles. The, the cinema, prince, not the person. Yeah. We don't
1: like we don't <laughs> No. We don't I, like the
0: person very much.
1: I prefer Prince Albert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Prince Andrew for a second. I the one that's say, not we, a knot. Yeah. We might have issues if that had been the case.
1: <laughs> oh my god. We're here to talk about a movie, we're already talking about the royal family. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about the fantastic, give my thoughts away a little bit early on there, but I'm not gonna dance around it. I love this movie, The yeah. Fantastic Thunder Road. Written, directed, edited, composed by...
0: Starring. Starring, <laughs> of
1: course, uh, Jim Cummins.
0: What a show off.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so 2018 is the release date on, I was going to say LinkedIn. That's a different <laughs> thing. Letterboxd. Yeah. So, um, and when I say Jim Cummins, I'm not talking about the voice guy. Not
0: the prolific voice actor. Yeah.
1: No. I had no idea that this other Jim Jim Cummins existed because I went on okay. Google and typed in Jim Cummins and all <laughs> yeah. I got was Winnie the Pooh. I yeah. Who is this guy? <laughs> Count something. That was something. the
0: first result as well. Yeah, I know. We need to correct that somehow.
1: It's a nightmare when you're looking for podcasts to listen to as well because it's all, a lot of it is the voice guy. Oh no. Yeah. So, do we need to do a synopsis? Sure, we normally do a synopsis. Um,
0: We do have an issue this week, though. What's the issue? The issue is um, the only copy of the film that I could find anywhere was a French DVD. (laughs) And normally we rely on the back of the DVDs and the Blu-rays for the synopsis. Um, But at the risk of being borderline xenophobic, maybe we don't do that this time?
1: L'engagement de Jim Cummings dans son projet est considérable um realista actor principal seniorist compositor this is terrible please Arte- stop okay can <laughs> find, can you find one that we can read yeah
0: them? at the risk of alienating and offending our french audience our, french, our potential french audience yeah let's stop there That's shall we a good idea the the synopsis on letterbox is very succinct which i appreciate um it's simply a police officer faces a personal meltdown following a divorce and the death of his mother <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's brilliant. That's and, it in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, divorce. Yep. Dead mum. Yep. This movie is hilarious. <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of the funniest films I think I've seen in a long, long time. Really? Yeah, and okay. it just gets funnier the more I watch it as well. Mm. Often with comedies, you watch it once, you watch it twice, you kind of got the jokes and it, you know where they're coming, and it it doesn't. It's kind of stops being funny to me. Yeah, there are a few filmed few comedy films that I can watch over and over. But there are so many jokes in this with the performances and the characters and, you know, all the physical performances. And it's just so layered. There's just so many jokes going on. And it's so subtle and you've got to pay close attention. So I notice something different every time.
0: I think another reason that it's as effectively funny as it is, is that there are almost constant tonal shifts. Yeah. So it's quite disarming. And then when the jokes, I mean, I wouldn't even call them jokes. It's more sort of Jim Cummings delivery more than anything yeah, that makes the lines funny. yeah. Um, but when they do happen, it's sort of, it's disarming, as I say. So it makes you laugh co- kind of for several reasons. Firstly, because it's funny. And secondly, because it's so unexpected a lot of the time.
1: It, yeah, it is unexpected. And there's, a, this is kind of. It's a tragedy. This, this the, the things that happen in this movie are tragic.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: So to go from, as you say, from from one minute you're kind of really upset at the things that you're seeing mm-hmm. and you're empathizing with the characters, and then the next minute you're laughing your ass off. It's, <laughs> it's just done so so well. Um, yeah. So I guess we should start up top
0: shall we because if we start with the opening scene we have to start with the opening scene don't we because obviously it was a short film first
1: correct yeah
0: i i saw this before i saw the short film yeah was it the same way around for you because you introduced me to this i've never seen it
1: i think so i think i saw the feature first i certainly wasn't aware of the short film when it was released in 2016 but it was yeah so jim shot for one day okay on a saturday he booked it like three months in advance like shit i've got to write something he'd written this thing and yeah he did six co- takes six complete takes because it's all one take the the short yeah 12 minute long take
0: yeah did... that's fucking impressive yeah
1: straight yeah.
0: off the straight out of the gate like
1: yeah it's insane but it's the the amount of preparation that he puts into it he just basically knows it off by heart and all of the comedy beats are exactly the same. Then it looks to people and like an eyebrow raise, it's all kind of, he calls it forensic comedy.
0: Okay. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, so uh, 12 minutes minutes short um, and it's him dancing at his mother's funeral (laughs) because he's trying to explain that he bonded earlier on in his life with his mum over the song Thunder Road Mm -hmm. and he's explaining the lyrics to people and it's really funny. He's trying to put on a tape um, and then he does a little dance. Halfway through a dance, he realises that he should have just put it on his phone. It's just jokes galore. But yeah, so the, that's the short film. But the short film actually became the first 12 minutes of the feature. Yeah. He had had success with the short film. He took it to Sundance. He won Sundance, um, South by Southwest, and he decided to develop the feature. He only spent $190,000 making the feature film, which is insanely low. It was part Kickstarter. Okay. He raised $36,000 on Kickstarter. He put some money in. He put in his savings. His producer put in some of their savings. Yeah. And then a bunch of people got in touch and said, you know, can I buy a share, um, a piece of the film, basically. So a, a bunch of people put in $12,000 each and they all got like 1% or something. So they're going to continue to make money from this, this movie. And, and, and I think last podcast I heard Jim Cummings on, which was recorded maybe earlier in, in 2023 or late 2022. Um, he's, I think it's made about a million now. So okay. from 200 grand to a million, it's not too shabby. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. It's not too shabby. So yeah, huge success with the short, decided to go on and make the feature. And as we said, basically slots the short film into the start of the feature and then it kind yeah. of develops from there and you get to know more about the character outside of the the first 12 minute long take
0: i i love that and i love the some of the the techniques that were kind of utilized cool. as well you know i'm a huge fan of the 70s like that's my favorite decade for many mm. reasons but particularly cinema mm. um I'm a big fan of a lot of the techniques that were utilised and popularised in the 70s. And just that, like, I, I get chills. I really dug that very, very slow, mm. intense zoom. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But it's... that's quite retro, isn't it? is
1: not is it? I'd,
0: I think I so, I would have yeah. to rely
1: on you for that. I, I don't know. I noticed it in the movie, but yeah. I, I've watched it a few times now. And, and you're right, they do the very, very slow zoom. And they do that with a couple of his, his yeah. monologues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I like the way in that in that first scene as well. It, when he's kind of explaining the song and he's doing some hand movements, the camera follows his hand. Yeah, and it, it goes uh, and focuses on Roz, his his ex wife, and she's kind of looking dumbfounded at <laughs> everyone, would. like you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, it's losing it. And then it goes back to it goes back to Jim, and he's kind of mid dance, throwing his arms around. But yeah, some of the the camera work in this is is really really nice.
0: It's very fluid, yeah. not to sound wanky or anything, but it's very sort of, uh, I don't know, it's interesting to me, and I don't know if it was intentional, but obviously it, uh, some of this film does come back to dance. There's the dance at the start. He talks about how his mum like, owned a dance school, was yeah. a dancer herself. Um, he has to sell the dance school, obviously culminates in the ballet at the e- the very yeah. end. And so it's almost like the film itself via the camera is sort of, a bit of a dance. A bit of a
1: dance. Oh, wow, that's really wanky. I never thought is Isn't that. it pretentious? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, but I like it, though. I
0: like it. But like you said, like the camera's sort of moving and following him and like the slow yeah. zooms and stuff. It is very fluid. It's very sort of purposeful.
1: Yeah, it is purposeful, but it feels organic. And I think that's yeah. the thing about this film is that it was all planned within a, an inch of its life. Yeah. And I guess it must have been very, you know, labour intensive. But... but but it feels organic and it feels natural mm-hmm. the performances the, the movement of the camera everything it just it feels like it's almost improv but it's yeah. but it's, it's not it couldn't be further away from improv and that's to his credit i think that's just brilliant
0: yeah it's it's um i agree it is very naturalistic i wouldn't put it in the category of like mumblecore or any anything like that but it is kind of in the same vein of like that naturalistic kind of yeah performances and dialogue yeah absolutely mm.
1: um so yeah so we learn more about the character he's a he's a cop he's kind of well he's going through a divorce he's just lost his mother he in the during the course of the film he starts to have a legal battle with his ex-wife
0: mm-hmm. over he loses over his, custody yeah
1: yeah but earlier on in the movie you get to know more about the character you see him spend time with his daughter my, I think my one of my favorite scenes is when he's picking up Crystal and Roz comes out and he, he oh, yeah. on, <laughs> makes a jump, and then, you know, clearly that there's no love lost between those two. And he kind of says, you know, Roz, there's some construction work going on uh, up the road, there's, but the signs are very small, so just keep an eye out. I'd hate to see you and Chris get hit by a fucking train. And that just makes me die every time I watch this. It, quite a few times now at this point and it just makes me die every time i love it and later on he apologizes for that off color comment yeah but he's just full of rage he's he's very angry and he's very oh god he's so petty (laughs) um his character is just so funny to me everything that he does he's subtle when he's they come come upon a, a guy in a parking lot who's a bit he was going a bit mad and he just kind of leans on his I don't even know what it is like a belt a cop Hulster belt thing, kind of thing, yeah. thing he's leaning on it and kind of looking out and he's calling him hombre and he's trying to be cool <laughs> and yeah it's just very funny it's that kind of David Brent yeah kind of I think that I'm pretty cool but actually I'm a, a bit of an idiot
0: yeah he's definitely got that sort of I don't know midwestern bible belt average dad vibe mm kind of um amplified by his wardrobe as well because the the glasses yeah on the chain yeah just killed me. Yeah
1: that's one little of the little
0: touches like that.
1: One of the few scenes where he's not wearing his police uniform. <laughs> because he, he wears it to the court, which yeah. I guess is a, a good move, right? He wears it to um other things that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he wears it quite a lot. So to see him out of uniform was was quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, I want to go back to the intro again. Okay. Um, The 12 minutes. Um, Because there's quite a few lines in there that are so... I don't know. There's a couple where I almost felt very uncomfortable laughing. I did laugh, but it made me feel uneasy. Um, Lines like the diatribe when he's talking about um, how his mum helped the Down syndrome girl at school. (laughs) Um, But not knowing. Like, she had something, I think, is what he says. (laughs) Um, but it's such a pitch-perfect way of introducing the character. Yeah. Um, just with a handful of lines. Like, he means well, but he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's,
1: it's after he says something as well, it's his facial expression. Yeah. where He just does a little little subtle shake of the head. Yeah. And it's just
0: like, Why am I saying that? Instant this? regret. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's perfect.
0: <laughs> We've all been there. Um, and yeah, lines like when he's, he's describing his mom, who's just passed away, he's trying to honour his mom, and he talks about how... I think there's the line is she was a certified public accountant Yeah, <laughs> just like oh bless him yeah. <laughs> like that. maybe maybe some more personal memories or yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah just lines like that tell you so much without saying actually a great deal yeah um which i think is the sort of the genius of the script here i
1: think so and it's it's you've got to pay attention to, to the dialogue in this movie because yeah. it reveals so much about the characters mm-hmm. there's another if we we're talking about the, the dialogue there's another um, thing that he he keeps saying where someone says Are you okay? He says yeah, I'm fine. If you see me wrestling an alligator, help the alligator. <laughs> he goes, "That's something my dad used to say, apparently." So he doesn't know, like, yeah, you know, he's just it's a very subtle thing, and it, that comes up again actually, in, um when he's having a parent teach me, and he begins to say, it, and then he stops himself and he says, "Never mind."
0: <laughs> I didn't catch that. actually. Yeah. that's clever. I noticed
1: that the second time watching it for the podcast this week.
0: But yeah, the, the intro is so impressive to me because it's so, it's just a complete one-man show. Yeah. And there's no... I don't know why they didn't play Thunder Road. I mean, I guess that's either part of the joke or they couldn't afford the rights to the song because I imagine licensing Bruce Springsteen is probably not cheap.
1: Well, they, when he made the short, they shot it with the song. Right. I I don't remember the short. I haven't watched it for the show. I probably should have, but I didn't. So I can <laughs> deal with it. Um. He shot the short. He used a Springsteen song, mm-hmm. and then it won Sundance. And he was like, "Shit, I'm gonna oh. have to start distributing this. I need to get the permission." Oh shit! <laughs> so okay. he'd written to Bruce Springsteen. Um, he loved the short,
0: okay. and it's like,
1: "Look, send me a grand."
0: Oh, and um, got the boss's approval. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing.
1: Um, but they use an instrumental version, don't they? At the end of at the end of the feature.
0: No, it's it's a Bon Iver song. Is Skinny it? Love, love that. Oh, song. Oh, is it Skinny Love? Yeah, right. Okay. But yeah, I don't know if that was a rights thing, but it's a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Fit it really nicely. It, it did
1: work really well in that final scene, which I'm sure we'll get to.
0: Yes, definitely. But yeah, um the the opening is just him talking. Mm. Like there's a couple of very minor interactions with other people, but otherwise it's just him. Yeah. There's no music, as we said. There's so I mean music exists in films generally to like guide your emotions, to tell you how to feel at any given yeah. moment. And we just don't have that. Mm it's just a monologue I don't know if anybody who didn't also have directorial experience could have pulled that off quite as well
1: I think you're right in this case for sure because he just knew where to stand he knew where to look, he knew where the camera was Mm -hmm. he kind of talks about it like he's kind of self-directing in the moment and self-editing but because he knows the dialogue so well it's just a muscle memory to him Mm. he's able to think about all of those things because he's just kind of on autopilot Which is fascinating. Um, Apparently, he spent two months on his drive to work, uh, a 45-minute drive to work, so he could rehearse the whole thing three times on the way to work. And he's crying in traffic and (laughs) getting some crazy looks from people. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I guess it must be really hard to act and direct a movie. How do you direct yourself?
0: Well, it's really... It's really weird that we're doing this in the same week that we've also watched Man of Tai Chi. (laughs) Because Keanu Reeves could learn a thing or two about self-directing.
1: love Keanu
0: Reeves. (laughs) Same. But he was so bad in that film.
1: I liked the movie. I thought the movie was pretty, pretty excellent.
0: Yeah, it was a fun film.
1: He he was quite funny in that (laughs) film. And I don't think it was intentional. Oh, no,
0: it was like a Tommy Wiseau level of funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Bless him. We do. We stand Keanu, though. We 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 do. We do.
1: We love Keanu. Yeah. Who doesn't love Keanu? If you don't like Keanu, I think maybe we should put you in some kind of big pit of fire.
0: A big pit of fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, very medieval. Because you're
1: you're clearly a psychopath, right? If if you've got a problem with uh, Keanu Reeves, then maybe get yourself tested for something. It's a
0: it's a pretty good gauge of how decent a person is gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you've yeah. got beef with Keanu, then you can get bent. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of little things in the movie that I I'm not sure I caught correctly or like blinking you'll miss it bits. Okay. Um so I wanna I'm I'm interested to know how much of it is likely to have been intentional or meaningful or whatever. He talks about his is it his alma mater like LSU? which I looked up, is Louisiana State University. Yeah. Now, you told me he's from New Orleans, right? Yes. Um, did, so is that, like, somewhere that he went to study, or do what you know? Was, what was the name of it? Louisiana State University, LSU.
1: Um, I don't know. I've got no idea okay. where he studied, to be honest. Um, I've Because mm, he, he
0: mentions it on a couple of occasions during the film as well, so I wondered if that was, like, something personal.
1: I think he and intended to shoot it in new orleans
0: okay where was it actually shot
1: somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) very (laughs) specific thank you yeah um but no i don't know i don't know if that's his actual okay
0: i'd be interested to know like because it just purely out of the the fact that everything in this is so measured Mm. is so as you said forensic Mm. like i can't imagine it would have been included without a good reason. Yeah. So I, I'm curious. Go Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know more. Um, and stuff like, um, I don't, I don't know if I caught it correctly, but on the calendar when he's obviously got custody of his daughter that week or whatever, um, it looked like his daughter's name was spelled two different ways because <laughs> he had her name on each day that he was looking after her. Yeah. And it looked like on one day it was Crystal with a K. Right. And I don't know if I imagined that. Okay. I meant to go back and check. Right. And I didn't have chance in the end. Okay. So I wondered if if that was in fact correct. Um, was that like maybe something to indicate that he'd not been such a great father in the past and now he was trying to step up his game?
1: I don't know. It was definitely intentional. Um, but, j- but I don't know what the meaning is behind it.
0: Yeah. Just because it's kind of preceded by the... The scene of them when they're sort of doing the clapping game—I can't even remember what that's called. Patty cake, patty cakes. Okay, yeah. I mean, everybody used to do that as a kid, right? No, Um, women, (laughs) girls used to do that as children. Yeah. Okay, Um, but yeah, obviously you get that where he keeps kind of faltering and getting frustrated with himself, and he keeps saying, "I'm not going to be any good at this." And then obviously you have the scene following that where he's clearly like been up all night yeah practicing yeah so he's he's obviously trying to like step up and be a yeah. better dad yeah um and there's a few occasions with stuff like that and i just really appreciated it like mm. again it tells you so much about the character he's so desperate to be a good person mm. and be the person that other people need him to be
1: yeah it's interesting because I, you you mentioned that and i think you get some clues throughout the movie about one of the reasons that their his marriage had broken up and i think it's because he spent a lot of time at work essentially right
0: okay oh yeah because they talk about him being like a decorated police officer he's obviously quite good at his job yeah well yeah (laughs) until he's not (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: um so maybe he wasn't that present uh, with crystal i mean spelling the name wrong seems a bit (laughs) seems a bit much but, I, don't, um, look, I
0: don't I'm not I'm not going to double down on that yeah
1: no listen I you, you thought must have seen it. it yeah. you must have seen it and there must be a reason for it it's just trying to figure out what that reason is mm-hmm. he definitely had he definitely is trying to be a better father because as you say he stays up half the night trying mm-hmm. to learn the patty cake thing and she gets up in the morning and they do it and she's very impressed that he can do it very quickly so that you know that kind of worked
0: the little girl was great as well, actually. Yeah,
1: she was very good. Actually, she wasn't in it an awful lot, but she no. had a couple of really important scenes. That being one of them,
0: and then at, towards the end of the movie as well. But yeah, she was excellent. I'm always dubious about child actors because some of them. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be harsh. Like they're children. Yeah. But there's a huge kind of um, diversity in terms of. Acting ability, shall we say?
1: Yeah, most kids are shit at acting.
0: Like
1: yeah, I, I was trying to be far more diplomatic. Yeah. Well, I think it depends what they're doing, really. Like, if you if you just say to them, you know, just pretend you're playing or whatever. I know nothing about kids. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> I know nothing about children.
0: But they I just mean, mostly
1: seem like shit actors.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was yeah. trying to say, but with more flowery words, I suppose. <laughs> like um, Snowflake. But it's. <laughs> the saying isn't it like never work with children or animals yeah um and this is going to sound like a dig and i don't intend it to be but in a lot of films that have maybe a similar budget to this kind of thing your expectations are maybe a little bit lower in terms of what the acting threshold is going to be right um would you agree or i i
1: i don't think i've ever had that thought no okay I don't think I've ever thought this is low budget. I bet it's going to be shit acting.
0: I, maybe it's because I've been so immersed in the horror genre yeah. for such a long time. <laughs> because that is definitely the one genre where the lower the yeah. budget, the worse everything is going to be. Yeah, Largely, not always. Mm. But I've seen some shocking stuff. Um, I mean, everything that Charles Band has ever done, for example. Very low budget. He's very passionate about his craft but very low budget, and the acting is a little bit wonky, shall yeah. we say. Um, so I, my expectations were not tremendously high, okay. knowing the budget, yeah. um, not knowing anything about anybody involved at the time, the first time I saw this anyway. Mm. Um, so my my expectations were kind of blown away. They were yeah. shot apart. It was incredible. Everybody in this film was so good.
1: And it probably is a result of...
0: I mean, it's good directing, Good directing,
1: but also just (sighs) rehearsal after rehearsal, I imagine. I mean, certainly Jim Cummings works that
0: way, and I imagine that he probably... um... I did read that he recorded the entire script where he was doing different voices for all of the characters, and he sent that to everybody so they could kind of get a grasp on the sort of delivery he wanted, but put their own stamp on it.
1: Yeah. That, and that's kind of how he writes his films as well. He he speaks the dialogue. If it's good, he writes it down. Okay. Um, And then as that's you say, he records the entire script on a zoom. Okay. In a cupboard and <laughs> sends it out to actors and anyone that's involved in the film so they can hear the specific tone and cadence of the way he wants them to deliver things. Okay. So it's, what he says is that on a. So you what mean, you're you can send... is he's a
0: bit of a control freak. <laughs> well, <laughs> I joke.
1: Listen, it's his baby. He wants it. Harry oh, wants yeah. It. And what, no. what he says is that he sends it, you know, he looks at he sees a script. This big white document with words on, but it's got no context. Yeah, like right? obviously a... you can write things in there. Like I don't know, I've never written a script, but you can put things in there to clue you into how the characters are feeling or, mm-hmm. or what's going on or a song name or whatever. Yeah, but if you do the the actual podcast, like I say, you can do the tone of voice, you can do the delivery, whether it's softly spoken or or sh- or shouted, which he does mm-hmm. quite a lot of in this movie, <laughs> a lot of brands in. Um. So yeah, so the podcast recording it as a podcast seems to work really well. And I think he does it on all of his, all of his stuff. Now, obviously since Thunder Road yeah. came out, we've had the Wolf of Snow Hollow and the beta test. Yep. All written, directed by Jim Cummins. Um, and I think he just makes his movies that way now. I think that's just the way he works. Well, it I seems mean, to work. I and mean, it's,
0: yeah, if it's effective, yeah. why not? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely seem to work on this, uh, on this project. Um, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the other films. There's definitely a thread that ties all of his work together, isn't there? Like,
1: toxic masculinity? Um,
0: an element of toxic masculinity, yep. Yeah. Um, usually a man experiencing some sort of mental breakdown.
1: <laughs> that is present in all three of those movies. It's <laughs>
0: just a, a, a good man unraveling.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the thing, isn't it? Because they're that, they're all essentially good men. To well, a the exception degrees.
0: of the beta test perhaps
1: yes i knew he was going to say that and i agree with you he's definitely the most asshole <laughs> of those three characters but i still feel like he started somewhere that was in a good place and maybe yeah. got corrupted by the, the system industry. we're not here to talk about the beta test i, I do know. have it on pre-order so <laughs> we'll really be that. watching it oh
0: that beautiful arrow release. oh my god it's so wait. gorgeous <laughs>
1: yeah um if you're a fan of the beta test, they have, uh, have a very nice release on Arrow at the moment, but I imagine it's probably going to sell out pretty soon. So get hold of it quick. Actually, by the time this episode goes out, it's probably sold out. So fuck oh, no, up you yours. just teased everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you can borrow mine. No, you can um, Yes, so you're right. There is a certainly a thread that carries through all of his films. Um,
0: oh no! But that's not a criticism, no, by any means, not at all. Um, it, it works, but it's obviously something that he enjoys exploring.
1: Yeah, and I think there, you know, you can take a, a toxic, and I think it's 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 quite relevant at the moment as well. I guess it's always been relevant, but particularly with the beta test, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's talking about some stuff that's been been heavily publicized in the last few years. And I think just that toxic masculinity character is 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 a good central focus point for a, yeah. a, 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 a script because you can do offshoots and, and go various directions with that. But that that one thing is so interesting; it, it's so pathetic, tragic, and funny. That oh it was, yeah, it's kind it's, of it's a lot to mine for comedy yeah. there. Yeah, yeah.
0: And there's that great line in The Wolf of Snow Hollow as well, where he sort of turns to his female colleague. And says, Oh, do you think women have had to put up with this since the Dark Ages? <laughs> and she's just like, She just looks at it. For fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. you're catching up. Yeah. So he's obviously very clued in to that, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think so. The- themes in in Thunder Road.
0: Mm-hmm. What,
1: what, what do we reckon? We've got themes. Toxic.
0: Therapy is good. Therapy is good. Yeah, greed. <laughs> that could be an alternative title for this movie. Yeah. Get therapy. Get- yes, absolutely.
1: <laughs> But that's, yeah, you are probably, that probably is a really good way of putting it, actually, because he's always saying to people, he's fine, he's yeah. fine. And he's not oh, fine. Oh, he's not fine, no. But talking never sold anyone's problems, ever, <laughs> as he says in the film. But uh, yeah, grief, I feel like you're he's exploring grief in this yeah. quite a lot, generational trauma.
0: Well, and You've, in Wolf of Snow Hollow as well. Yes. He's always losing a parent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you've got the generational stuff because he's mm-hmm. lost his mum. He didn't have a relationship with his dad. I don't know what his relationship was like with his mum. I, I gather that it wasn't brilliant because he talks about having given her shit when he was growing up. He, when he visits his sister later on in the movie, she explains that she feels like the mother never approved of her. Yeah, so there's that he definitely was the favorite, perhaps. Yeah, so there's definitely like it's not a perfect relationship, and there's definitely some some trauma that's been passed oh, down yeah. to him. And I think the the key of the, the film is is him learning or, or trying not to pass his trauma down to Crystal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I really like the way that the movie ends. It's kind of it's kind of a full circle thing going on with the mother dying mm-hmm. and then at the end of the movie we've got Crystal at the, the ballet, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Absolutely. I don't want to yeah. jump too far ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, did you notice in a lot of scenes I'm struggling to think of a specific one right now. I think there's one where maybe his daughter's sat at the table and he's in the kitchen talking. But in a lot of scenes like that, where he's interacting with other people, he's often the one in the background, sometimes out of focus. And it's the person that he's interacting with that's often the focus of the frame. Yeah. What do you think that is?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe the camera just lost focus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in a film this carefully yeah, no, it's obviously. I don't believe that uh, for a second. I
1: mean, honestly, if I'm just going to simplify it, it's probably just we need to be focusing on this character. He's still there. Don't worry. He's still in the background. You can yeah. kind of make him out.
0: But... It's just unusual. It's an unusual is technique. It? Yeah, because usually the person who's talking is the one who's in focus, and that's not always the case here. Right, okay. So I just found that quite interesting. It struck me as um, unusual.
1: It's not something I noticed, actually. Okay. Didn't notice that.
0: I only noticed it on second watch. Yeah. There's a lot of um, really interesting edits as well that work brilliantly in terms of keeping the kind of bittersweet tone going. Yeah. Um, and the one that really stuck stuck out to me is I think he's having, well, he's almost intruding on his colleague's uh, family dinner. Yeah. Like, the rest of the family all seem mildly confused as to why he's there.
1: <laughs> I think that's because Nate is always inviting him right. for dinner, and he never he never takes him up on it. Right, so they're okay. probably just quite taken and surprised that
0: he's there. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of trying to ingratiate himself and ask about events that he might be able to yeah. join them on and stuff like that. Is there some kind of website for this yeah. stuff? Yeah. Because- <laughs>
1: I don't know, I always seem to miss it and it'd be really nice to get
0: involved. <laughs> Facebook, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's for. Um, yeah, it's up in a cloud. What? what cloud? Oh, I... he he always seems to play characters that are older as well. Yeah. He like ages so. himself up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think just it's like a technophobe kind of yeah. kind of character, yeah.
0: Like my eight-year-old dad can use a smartphone. What's his excuse? Mm. <laughs> Uh, but again, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's another indication of how buried he's been in his job, yeah. that he's ignored everything, like he's been so blinkered.
1: I think, yeah, I think you're probably right there. That's interesting. Mm. I like that
0: theory. And it's only when, well, we'll talk about that in a second, but it's only when his job is sort of removed from him yeah. that he sort of looks to fill his life with other things.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think probably being a police officer has become his identity. Mm. It cost him his marriage.
0: yeah that yep.
1: potentially could have cost him his relationship with his daughter. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an interesting scene and I wondered what it meant and when I rewatched it again yesterday yep. I think my my thought is this. So there's the scene when Nate and Jim are they get called to an emergency mm-hmm. and there's a I don't know a chef with a knife Oh, in I was the just restaurant. I was
0: just about to talk about this Wait, scene. Yeah. Perfect. Because the 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 edit that I was talking about there's a hard cut from that family dinner to a a very serious fatal situation in the diner which yeah. is just complete tonal shift yeah but my god does it work yeah but it's 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 weird because this film is not by any means like an adrenaline rush of any kind no. but it's it, it, sh- it shook me I, I hate to keep using the same term but it is so disarming yeah um so go on what it you keeps you say on the toes
1: yeah and it's kind of it's kind of jarring, but in the jarring best is a good way. word. Yeah. Like you just get settled into a scene, and then you get thrust yeah. into this. Whether it's there's a foot chase moment that happens, mm-hmm. kind of like that as well. But but yes, yeah, so they get when they get called to this restaurant, and there's a, a maniac with a knife, mm-hmm. and you see probably his best police work in the movie. Um,
0: well, he's clearly a competent officer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, but that's the only evidence that you get. Yeah. that You see of him doing uh, being a, a good good policeman. But he's kind of saying to the guy, you know, disarm yourself, uh, throw the knife away. And he goes to the back to try and find this guy because he's stopped talking. And it, it turns out that the guy has fallen on his own knife.
0: I couldn't work out if he'd fallen on his knife or if it was like intentional because he felt boxed in.
1: I, I feel like it was an accident. Right. Okay. I feel like because you it doesn't necessarily, that's the thing about this film, it doesn't spoon feed you anything. Oh God, You've no. got to work really hard and pay really close attention to everything to I to appreciate
0: that though it, f- it makes me feel respected as yeah, an audience absolutely.
1: member. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also it's interpretation so like mm-hmm. b- just because one I think one one thing about this scene doesn't necessarily mean that it's correct but I feel like from that scene he yeah. sees the guy accidentally stab himself and he kind of sees himself in that moment because he's he looks at him and the camera stays with him for a good 10 20 seconds mm-hmm. just looking at this guy and I feel like in that moment he's going oh that's me. I am if I don't do something soon, I'm going to metaphorically stab myself in the
0: chest. Have a breakdown and start wielding a knife. Yeah, yeah
1: whether it's having a breakdown or whether it's, it's just, or something more serious, you know, car accident or whatever, because he he is losing it in this movie. Yeah. It, 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 he does, um, he he ends up getting fired from the force by oh
0: doing God. some reckless
1: stuff in the parking lot. But you can see how he's gotten to that moment. And I just feel like from that restaurant scene, I feel like that's him acknowledging that, he probably needs to do something. But not that he acts on it immediately, because yeah. he doesn't, but that's kind of true of life though, isn't it? Like you think, oh, I need to work on this thing. You don't necessarily start working on it straight away, but it's in there and you know that yeah. you need to work on it at some point. That's what I think that scene was about. Cause...
0: Okay. I didn't think quite as um intently about that scene as you did. I, yeah. I really I like that take a lot though. Um I just saw it more on face value, I suppose, yeah. like. He was just sort of slowly being broken down by yeah. having to witness all of these yeah. atrocities. Like, I mean, obviously we've we've covered a pretty wide array of cops yes. <laughs> this season. We have,
1: yeah,
0: um, but very few of them have been sort of serious in nature and have you know concentrated on actual good people and competent police officers. Yeah, and I think it's sort of important to know what they must go through
1: yeah
0: um i guess end of watch is the closest comparison to show you the sort of really traumatic stuff that they must have to deal with on occasion yeah. maybe not da- maybe not daily but very often yeah the kind of things that they have to witness and be involved in yeah. and i saw it more as just like just him kind of reaching his breaking point incrementally yeah like it's just another traumatic thing he's had to witness and live through
1: i, I don't I, I think you know you're probably right i, I think that
0: it, well both 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 interpretations in god damn both interpretations can be true
1: absolutely yeah he does mention that later on when he's having a rant in the car park you know i saw a man. Yeah, fall on his own knife this week. I don't need that. So, you know, you're reading really it mm. just being a difficult job, and these things kind of pile up on you. And if you're not careful, can, can push you, you, can nudge you down a dark path. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: I uh, mean, a completely separate note, but one of my good friends is a social worker, yeah. Um, and she's been on the job for longer than is recommended because. The The standard is that you're not supposed to do that for more than you're not supposed to do work on the front lines effectively for more than a few years because it can damage you so much, so traumatic, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it is like a proven thing. Mm. Um, and I wonder if the same is true of police work, yeah, like maybe they recommend that you don't do it for too long because it must like take it, its, toll. its yeah, it's going to have like one of two outcomes, right? You're going to be completely deadened to everything, yeah, um. Uh, or you're going to have a breakdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like m- mental health in f- for, for police officers is probably an area that they should really concentrate yeah. on. Right? Um, so <laughs> well, having said that, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe. I would be surprised though.
0: When people say defund the police, perhaps it should be fund their mental health yeah. more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I think it would do us all a favour. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, so he's... He's kind of he gets served some court papers at one point, Mm -hmm. and Roz is trying to get custody of sole custody of, of Crystal with her partner Chris. So that kind of sets off him having to hire a lawyer. He has to sell the dance studio to pay for his legal services. Mm-hmm. And he has a meeting with the judge to try and, or, or who's determining basically where Crystal is going to live, right?
0: Yeah. And sadly, the judge sees the footage of the funeral, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, terrible, terrible pun aside, is kind of the nail in his coffin for the custody battle, yes. or the, the first stage of the custody battle anyway. Yeah.
1: he I mean, he doesn't do himself any favours in, in, in that scene. He can't oh, but he's
0: trying though. It's so sad. He
1: starts off well and the lawyer warns him, you know, this judge is an asshole. don't say anything you, you don't need to. And yeah. then he just starts talking. You're like, no, shut <laughs> up, shut up. <laughs> and um, yeah, as you say, the judge uh, brings up the video and he says you are acting violent and he says no no, i wasn't i wasn't acting violent i wasn't acting violent
0: yeah which is true which
1: is true yeah he wasn't violent at all but obviously the partner of Roz is trying to trying to sway the court's decision
0: yeah he's basically trying to perform a character assassination yeah we don't get to know very much about chris
1: no you see him a couple of times you see there's that one time which makes me die when he goes to try and talk to to jim about custody and jim just winds up the (laughs) (laughs) just presses the window button (laughs) And the window goes up and then the camera pans back to Jim and he just puts something in his mouth and he's eating it. He's just staring at Chris. In yeah. The
0: window.
1: It's fucking genius. I love this movie. I
0: appreciate the level of petty on display in this film. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, he accidentally he accidentally threatens the judge and um mm-hmm. Kelsey Priest, they rule in favour of, of Roz. Yeah. That sets him. That's really the breaking point for him, isn't it? Like the, all of the events in the movie have led him to this point, but that's the point at which of... the judge says, no, you can't see your daughter anymore. Yeah. That's when he is goes... Is that the
0: always lost moment?
1: That is the always <laughs> lost moment. Yes, well done. <laughs> um, that's when he drives back to the police station and he kind of offers out Nate. Yeah. He's like, you know, I thought he oh got rid God. of the footage. And then they have a bit of a scuffle and he has that big monologue and rant. In I public, which think
0: that's that. my favourite scene in the entire film because that clever sort of pan out... When everybody else, you see everybody else's reactions, and you don't know what's happened, yeah. and that kind of cuts to the wide shot to reveal that he'd drawn his gun. Yeah, that the first time I watched that in 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 a kind of unassuming indie film, I wasn't expecting such a jaw dropping moment.
1: Yeah, it was dealing with some serious stuff in it. Yeah, movie. yeah, but for like sure. in such because like you say, it kind of the camera zooms out and it reveals him it's so the clever but then he looks down at the, it's very subtle because he kind of looks side looks and he's like oh,
0: shit Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then he goes it's fine it's fine this is going away and, it's, it's, and then you're immediately laughing you're yeah. going shit this is getting serious but then 10 seconds later you're laughing your ass off yeah yeah that's a really I was going to ask you your favourite scenes I think that's one of mine
0: that's that's top for me yeah. I love that it's, it's really really so well done, done. yeah <laughs> This is just the sycophantic Jim Cummings podcast from I think now so. on yeah.
1: <laughs> We're going to have to do beta test
0: at some point We'll fit that into a theme Yeah, for sure We didn't talk about um, Surprise, and Blair
1: and Blair, oh yes of course the reach around guy <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> As he will now henceforth be known <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah that's a really great scene as well Do you know I would struggle to pick my favourite scene from this movie, I've got like five that are joint <laughs> favourite I think.
0: Jostling for top position. Yeah. and this is one of them it's the parent teacher okay. meeting when he... <laughs> he goes to yeet the desk. Yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's right they're having a discussion about obviously Crystal and her performance at school and and the teacher enlightens Jim in that she's having difficulties reading she's mm-hmm. become a bit of a problem child but also she has uh, some learning difficulties she can't really read and Jim's really disappointed because he has
0: he um, feels like he's failed her he's
1: indyslexic himself yeah <laughs> yeah he feels like he's failed her and he just he, like you say he stands up he picks up the desk and he goes oh, I'm going to hum this yeah. <laughs> across the classroom <laughs> And the teacher goes, I'd oh, rather right, you didn't, that's Crystal's desk. And then there's about a minute of him just coming back yeah. and sitting down and stroking a desk. And then he very slowly looks up and smiles at the <laughs> teacher and then just continues. And then the, the, and Macon Blair very subtly picks up the scissors from the desk, yeah. puts them in his pocket. <laughs> just jokes everywhere in his yeah. film. I love it.
0: I was very happy to see Mac and Blair, if that is how you pronounce his name.
1: Is he a Blue Ruin?
0: He is. I fucking love that film. Is
1: he a green room? yes right so it's a bit Sonia. He, he
0: works with jeremy Sonia has worked with him quite a few times uh, murder party as well i believe okay um and i i enjoy jeremy Sonier's movies a lot and i enjoy what i've seen from macon blair as well because obviously he directed uh i don't feel at home in this world anymore right. which i absolutely adore okay and does not get enough love yeah melanie linsky and elijah wood dreamcast yeah <laughs> And they're back in yellow jackets again, yeah, and yeah, I couldn't yeah, be happier. Together again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just the, the notion that they all might be friends yeah. makes me very happy.
1: Is he a Nazi in Green Room?
0: <laughs> yes. He's the good Nazi. He's... he's... <laughs> if you can <laughs> say such a thing, <laughs> maybe
1: let's cut this bit out.
0: Yeah. Um no, it's fine. He's like Patrick Stewart's kind of right-hand man, isn't he? Yeah,
1: but he's he kind of is... He's having doubts. Sympathetic Nazi. Yeah, yeah. He's he's having a <laughs> crisis of conscience. Moral
0: grey area. Yeah. Or oh, maybe say. all
1: this Nazi stuff is not good. <laughs> oh, do you think?
0: Historically, do you think so? It's been a <laughs> not great, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I enjoy seeing him. I do love Blue Ruin. I think his performance in that was fucking excellent. Yeah. Um. So it's always a pleasure to see him crop up, he and was, I'd forgotten he was in it actually until this. This watch
1: he was very good in this mm. I, I wonder how that that casting kind of happened because yeah
0: that, well that's, that's
1: perhaps their powers. i know jim had said that the, the guy that plays um nate is is one of jim's friends okay and he kind of called him and and jim you know called him, what are you doing now and he said i'm just returning t-shirt at target and he says no keep the t-shirt and can't kind of fly <laughs> the movie. so he kind of works with his pals i think quite a yeah
0: little. i like that yeah it obviously works well
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently, Nicholas Cage loves Thunder Road. I read
0: that too. Loves it,
1: and he really believes that Jim Cummins is one of the the best actors and writers of all time already. And I think they're trying to get something going. I think Ooh. I think that because obviously, Pig is Nicholas Cage's, in his own words, just his favorite movie that he's ever Pig,
0: done. Pig, I loved you know, Pig. He broke me.
1: Yeah, fantastic movie. So unexpected as well. Yeah. And I just, maybe pre-pig, I might not have been up for it, but post-pig, I think. <laughs>
0: I think post-pig, we're in a post-pig world. We're in a
1: post-pig yeah, reality. <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage and Jim Cummings could do something really interesting oh, yeah. together.
0: I mean, I know I, Nicolas Cage is such a talented actor, but he, for a while at least, became a bit of a joke, a bit of a parody of himself. Yeah, um, and I think it's it's a joke that he absolutely leans into. Don't get me wrong; yeah. he's great. I mean, we saw Renfield recently. He's great at that sort of larger than life kind of camp performance, but he's so good when it's like really pared back he's... in something like Pig. He's such a good, yeah, like um, serious actor as well.
1: I genuinely think he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I agree. He has done some really terrible films. But I think that was. He seems
0: to just do what he enjoys, and I fully well, respect that.
1: There, there was that period where I think you had to, you know, the, the uh, tax bill thing. And he had to, <laughs> he had to just, yeah. he had to pay that. So I think he did a bunch of uh, like left behind, which uh, that okay. Christian air, airplane movie, whatever that's about, <laughs> Langley as a adjacent or whatever. Maybe Ray got <laughs> in that movie as a serial killer or something. <laughs> Infinitely more interesting, more probably what that movie was. I never saw it. Saw the ratings, looked shit. <laughs> there was a bunch of that stuff. That was a journey. <laughs> There's, he did a bunch of those movies, but I feel like in the last three, four years, maybe he's. I think started, Mandy
0: was probably the real turnaround. I
1: think he's paid his tax bill and now, yeah. he's, now he's doing the things <laughs> that he's,
0: he's doing. Now he's doing passion projects. Yeah.
1: It, Mandy's in his top five favorites. He loves Piggy, love loves Mandy. Film. Yeah. he's does some really interesting stuff now. And like you say, Renfield, that was perfect he was great perfect comedy performance yeah he <laughs> was great um or maybe Jim Cummins could have played the uh Ben Schwartz role in that film I loved I thought Ben Schwartz was great and I wouldn't want to swap him out in Renfield but I also
0: what? would go see the Jim Cummins
1: version of that as well
0: I don't know maybe there's an alternate reality where that superior version exists
1: almost certainly yeah multiverse yeah multiverse Renfield <laughs> yes
0: um, I would pay good money to see that pairing
1: yeah i think it's coming they they, i think they're kind of pals now so i would imagine that they'll work together at some point and i'm super
0: excited yeah that makes me happy yeah
1: and if you if you do make that movie and you need a production accountant i am available in the uk or anywhere else i'm very cheap we'll work not good i
0: can't
1: pretend i'm good but i'm cheap
0: (laughs) you've got a calculator what more do you need (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly that's all you need
0: um, how do you feel about the music in this film
1: I thought the music I think it's, it's very subtle because I know when we were watching the movie I think you mentioned to me that you hadn't noticed
0: any music the standard in most films is to have some kind of incidental music mm. over a lot of the proceedings especially those without much dialogue but because this is so dialogue heavy I don't think it necessarily needs or suffers from a lack of music but the score is there, yes, and it's very kind of melancholic, and it made me feel weird about laughing so much.
1: Okay, yeah, there are. A few, do you know what? There are a few things in this film when you kind of feel, should I be laughing at this? Yeah, yes, because it's funny is my answer. But yeah, you're right. There, there is there is a score. Mm-hmm. It's very subtle and it's very mood driven. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of it, but I I really like it. I think it's you know it's I not. Think it
0: was a good move to use it sparingly. It absolutely, doesn't need it.
1: It's not you know a Hans Zimmer or uh, Ludwig Göransson or a Junkie XL that I'm going to put on and, and listen to when I'm going for a run or something. But it it's very fitting. Within, yeah. In, within the movie, it just kind of just slightly guides you. Like mostly it's the dialogue and, it, and that helps you. Um, figure out what everyone's motivations are and what the story is but it does a little bit like there's a foot chase where it has some subtle Mm -hmm. music going on in the background Yeah, and um, yeah I like it I like it but do you know what I didn't notice it a great deal until you pointed it out to me I started listening for it but I kind of think that's how the music should be right outside of like a blockbuster film like this you probably shouldn't really notice the music too much Mm -hmm. it should kind of work well, that's um, a good sign. Yeah, it's
0: a good sign that it works yeah. sort of harmoniously with the rest of the Yeah the moving parts. Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and obviously, Jim did the um, did the. Don't tell me did, he did the, the music, music as well. well. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. And he actually did catering as well. At the end of every night, he would cook all of the food for the next day in in big old tubs of. I am lying about that bit. <laughs> I did do, did you do had these. me going for a second
0: I'm not going to lie <laughs> We
1: did everything else by as well it would you?
0: not surprise me why fucking stop there I feel like such an underachiever right now <laughs> <laughs> it's making me question every life choice I've made yeah.
1: that's one of the things that I really like about this guy is that he'll go on podcasts and he'll talk to people about you know anyone can do this stuff I I, I, I he was a producer he wasn't he, you know went and studied he was a producer for six years so he did have a baseline knowledge that not everyone okay. has access to Yeah. however what he did after that, kind of anyone can do. If you... So you're
0: telling me he's also humble? Yeah,
1: <laughs> he is, yeah, I'm afraid to say.
0: God damn. Yeah. Is he your favourite person working in the industry right now? I think
1: he might be, you know. Yeah. Now that Arnie's not doing much anymore.
0: <laughs> it's funny, I'd never heard of Jim Cummings until... um, I can't remember what we watched, but it was sort of not long after we'd met yeah um and we were talking about movies and things that we enjoyed and i expressed my love for like very bittersweet kind of tragic comic yeah, films yeah. and you were just like oh have you seen thunder Road? You'd love it yeah i was like thunder what now yeah um and we watched it together and yeah i i was i wouldn't say i was like blown away um but it made me very curious about his other work yeah and obviously we got hold of the other films as well and yeah
1: you're a three for
0: three.
1: Yeah, they're they're all excellent <laughs> movies. I, yeah. I think uh, uh, currently Thunder Road is still my favorite.
0: I got a lot more out of it this time, I'll Did be you? honest, yeah.
1: It's interesting because I I really loved it the first time I saw mm. it, but it was I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't analyzing it. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, It was a perfect movie. Yeah, I think Thunder Road is my favorite. The beta tests is quite close, I think. i to yeah. give it a few more viewings. and then
0: We've only seen that the one, haven't we? Yeah.
1: And The Wolf of Snow Hollow, excellent, but it's my third favourite
0: Jim it's Collins movie. It's funny because my instinct is to put that at number one, but that's just because, again, my love for the horror genre. Yeah. So I feel like I'm a little bit biased in that. Um, And Robert Forster was excellent in yeah. that as well. But I... I don't know, th- having thought about it a bit more, I find it very difficult to actually put his films in a tier list because yeah. there's not a lot to dislike about any of them.
1: They're all excellent movies. Yeah. They are. I, I think my-, my ratings tend to come from re-watches more than anything. Yeah, like yeah. stars. watch value. I can watch it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Thunder Road is quickly becoming a five-star movie for me. Um, but Beta Test, I can see that creeping up and up and up as yeah. well i th- i feel like i'm gonna get i, I, re- I loved it the first time i saw it very very funny um and relevant but i just feel like there's probably going to be a lot more that i get oh, yeah. the second time round.
0: yeah his films do seem quite dense
1: yes absolutely
0: because they are quite dialogue heavy they're sort of littered with insights and jokes yeah. and yeah there's a lot going on
1: exactly right yeah and you have to watch it a few times mm-hmm. to get all of that stuff
0: yeah i would agree um, so kind of winding up Thunder Road towards the end, then it gets very tragic. And there's a scene which kind of made me gasp and put my hand over my mouth. Um, and that's the point at which we find out that Roz has, I presume, uh, had an accidental overdose.
1: I, do you know what? I it, Another example of them not it's, really yeah, telling it's you. Yeah, it's ambiguous. You've got to think about it for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know because maybe she's having had an overdose chris
0: but he did like he's he's not very charitable in terms of his feelings towards her but he does <laughs> describe her as being a good mom
1: yeah
0: um i think during the court proceedings that's right so he obviously i don't know he, he doesn't seem like somebody who would have said that if it wasn't true yeah so that's why i kind of maybe discerned that it was accidental
1: well i'm not sure Whether it was accidental or not, I don't think there's a clear answer. There is a piece of. Well, it almost
0: doesn't matter. It's kind of. It doesn't really matter,
1: but when he's because obviously Crystal finds Roz and she calls it into the police department, and then that's when they they um they pull over, (laughs) they pull over Jim who's driving, and he has that. I've got to say this part because it's wonderful. He he gets pulled over, and uh, (laughs) he says, "I've not been drinking. I've not been drinking. I've not been drinking. Why are you pulling me over? I haven't been drinking." And then he goes, oh, where's your phone? We're trying to get in contact with you. And he said, what, what? I've been drinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he tries to smash the uh, windscreen because oh he, he locks himself out of, his, out of his car and that is just brilliant. The way apparently
0: he... he caught himself quite seriously doing that and has to this day has a scar on his hand. Oh, really? Yeah, I read, Um, I can't remember where I read it, but apparently he was bleeding quite profusely but just powered through and then super glued his we together.
1: Oh my God. Which is straight out of a horror film. I thought that only happened in, in action movies. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> that or like duct tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're the go-tos.
1: Yeah. But he gets alerted to this call that's been made by Crystal to the police. And yeah, yeah unfortunately, Roz is dead. So... I guess he's kind of won that custody
0: battle <laughs> by default, yeah. <laughs> so it's a happy ending, yeah. Ultimately,
1: yeah. No, it's a tragic ending. It is,
0: and but just the scene at which he's alone with her body, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and just that moment where he kind of has this, you know, heart wrenching moment, but then stands up and slaps her corpse, yeah. Well, that he, did me in
1: he kisses her hand and says yeah So there's this
0: really tender moment
1: this is from from me and crystal yeah and he gets up and says this is from my mother um, yeah crystal's future husband and he slaps her and you're like
0: what, what the is? fuck
1: like because there's so much going on through my head watching that like okay so you're you're slapping a woman but she's dead. It's a
0: corpse. <laughs> Is that worse? Or <laughs>
1: I've never seen this before in a yeah. film. Yeah. It's definitely not worse because she's dead, but I still don't feel comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. So why am I laughing?
0: Right? <laughs> it's such an emotional rollercoaster.
1: Yeah. All of those things are going on in a space of like five seconds. Yeah. It's... Fucking genius! It's brilliant. It's yeah. so well done. Yeah, but it
0: did make me gasp yeah. <laughs> the first time I saw that. I was just like,
1: "What yeah. the fuck!" Every time, I, every time, I think I put my hands over my eyes. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, you can't do this!" But at
0: the same time, you you feel like how cathartic that must have been for the character. Yeah, because he did have a lot of re- like quite rightly it seems had a lot of resentment towards us. So that moment sort of was. Yeah him kind of shutting the door on that relationship? I
1: think so. Well, I think there was, it, it probably was quite a troubled relationship. There's the, oh, yeah. the point where, earlier on in the film, where Nate is comforting Jim when he goes to his house and they have the bonding moment in the garden. There's the part where Jim says, you know, there was a time where Roz had texted me, should we make out? But she was away on business, staying in a hotel. Yeah. So he called her out on it and said, you know, are you cheating on me? And he said that he had to spend the next week in a hotel. So I gather there was a lot of that sort of stuff going on and a long period of misery, I imagine. Mm -hmm. And as you say, probably um, went a long way to creating that resentment. And that's why he's telling her things like, I hope you don't get hit by a fucking train and (laughs) beeping at her. Because he fucking hates her. Yeah. And she's, you know, they've obviously... There's no they love weren't lost right there at other. all. Yeah. And they split up and, and, and now she's done the worst thing and, and left her daughter.
0: Yeah. And as we were talking about generational trauma earlier, really, yeah. like she's passed that on to her kid now. Yeah. That's awful.
1: Absolutely. It's like but the
0: worst thing you can do.
1: When um when he, after that scene, he goes and, and, and speaks to Crystal and they have their their heart-to-heart towards at the, end, the very end of the film. He kind of explains to her, you know, when someone leaves and then he stops and he thinks and he says... When someone chooses to leave, yeah. so I think maybe it could have been a suicide, but it could have just been an overdose gone wrong, yeah. as well. Chris, the partner, is also missing, so I mean that that doesn't get resolved. We don't know what's happened
0: there. I, so. I respect that though. Yeah.
1: Like in a, it's not a, important.
0: A lesser filmmaker would have tied up all of those loose ends, yeah. but it's not necessary. It's
1: that's not what the movie is about. The no. movie is about it's car- his journey, Jim's character, and his relationship with his daughter. Yeah, uh, and trying to reconcile his relationship with his mother. And trying to be a better father for his daughter
0: so how do you feel about that ending then oh, perfect can i can
1: i <laughs> okay can i be honest with you here
0: i would appreciate it yeah okay
1: so we watched this movie together we did we've seen this twice together now yeah when you were out yesterday, mm-hmm. I finished off watching this film. Did you do
0: a cry? I did a cry. <laughs> oh, I knew. Because you I was were on my that. own
1: and I was safe. I was in a safe space on my own. Not that you would criticise me for crying. God, no. But I'm just very uncomfortable about showing my emotions to people, as you know. And I think that might be a, a big reason why I empathise with this character and this yeah. film so much. It's why it kind of speaks to me so much, I think, because I see a lot of myself in the
0: character. I oh, was. Well, um, on the other hand, I never stop crying. Yeah,
1: right? <laughs> But I just think the ending is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Because it's brief, yeah. but it's
0: everything it needs to be.
1: You have the scene where he's talking to Crystal in, in the ambulance and he yeah. says, do you want to run away together? Mm-hmm. And then clearly some time has passed because there's a Christmas tree up and what better way to tell people <laughs> the time has passed? It's Christmas now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then it cuts to them going to a ballet. And earlier on when he was speaking to his sister, his sister had said, Oh, mum went to see Swan Lake and I think that's what made her want to be a dancer. So, uh, uh, and given that the film starts with his mum's funeral and ends with them at the ballet and Crystal is watching the ballet. Starts and ends
0: with dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Of vastly varying degrees of quality.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Crystal and Jim are watching the ballet together and Crystal... Uh, leans forward and she's yeah, super interesting, and and Jim kind of side looks at her. And he's like,
0: shh, yeah. Like,
1: and then he, it clicks with him. He's like, oh, she likes this. Like, yeah. she's going to be passionate about dancing, and he just looks at her and just starts crying. And it's, I love getting that a bit emotional talking yeah, about. This is not like me at all.
0: It's the only point during the film where he experiences experiences an emotion and doesn't try to suppress it. The only time, yeah, and I, I love that.
1: Hadn't thought of that. That's <laughs> super interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He just, just
0: lets it happen. Because
1: every other time he he gets really emotional and then his face and just then changes. Yeah,
0: yeah, a complete straight face. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it's like, no, no, I'm fine. Don't mm-hmm.
0: worry.
1: Yeah, you're right. He just goes with it. And yeah. that's, that's his character arc, isn't it?
0: therapy is good
1: <laughs> yeah yeah clearly he's had some therapy as well
0: you would hope yeah. yeah no
1: he does say to crystal you know it's we're gonna feel bad for a long time yeah we're probably gonna have to talk to some people but mm-hmm. before you know it it'll be back to normal oh i like this movie a lot <laughs> i yeah. can tell it's such a good movie <laughs> so i fancy watching it again
0: <laughs> right well um that's us done for thunder road we're gonna go watch it again immediately now <laughs> Um, yeah, I I had a blast talking about that. I'm I'm glad we chose to include this one. Um, it's very different to any of the other cop movies we've talked about. It's
1: so not far. like Police Academy Four, is it? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> worlds away from from that.
0: I would say it's worlds away from any of the Police yeah, Academy movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've not really done a movie like this, but we've done a wide selection of. We've
0: the, tried. Of yeah, films. yeah.
1: Um, would you say
0: this is easily your favorite so I, far this I, season? <sighs>
1: It's difficult. I've got some of my all-time favourites, or one of my all-time favourites, in here. Or t- yeah, I would say this is my favourite.
0: Okay. Yeah. So far, this is like neck and neck with the guard for me. Yeah.
1: Okay. So next week is our last one for it this is. season.
0: It is season one, season end finale. Yes.
1: What are we doing for that?
0: We are talking about. I'm so excited. We're talking about the rain. <laughs> i know we've never seen that together i know it's nuts that's wild yeah because that's now cracked oh this is such a spoiler but it's now cracked my top 10 of all time
1: yeah interesting yeah Yeah, i'm sure we'll talk about that oh yeah during the show Mm -hmm. but until then thanks so much for listening if you've enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a five star review on your platform of choice and come and shoot the shit with us on social media all the links are in the description